evening, I want to invite you once more to this book of sacred songs, the Psalms. We've come to Psalm 95 that has been titled the Psalm of Provocation because at the end of the psalm we are um, exhorted to remember how that the children of Israel tempted and provoked the Lord in the wilderness and he that generation he said they grieved me they grieved me because they always erred in their heart and he said I swore in my wrath that uh, they would never enter in to my rest that's a very sobering thing isn't it we've come tonight and we do this series of messages and psalms because we really wanted it to be a time of encouragement for the people of God but sometimes beloved our encouragement is to be discouraged from things uh, that are not good for our souls and for our lives and so we have this wonderful invitation at the beginning part of the psalm of of uh, realizing the all the wonder that is the Lord and how our hearts should be before him and to make that the main thing of our lives but then it comes with that warning that warning label you know that somebody said one time that country songs ought to come with warning labels <laughs> well this psalm uh, kind of has that warning label on it don't take this for granted don't presume you know on God's favor or God's goodness but let us ever keep our hearts soft uh, before the Lord and that will be the main thoughts tonight that we want to bring from this psalm is the question that we all want to ask ourselves, do I have a soft heart? Do you have a soft heart? Now, one thing that I want to say is, is that we cannot soften our own hearts. That's something that only God himself can do. And aren't y'all glad that he does that? That the scripture says, I'll take out the hard and stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. But we can harden our hearts. And that's why we're warned against that. I try to really think about my own life and my own experience. And it's really scary when you kind of look at times maybe when you're guilty of that. Say somebody is critical of you at your work or maybe it might be a friendship. And immediately, almost, the defense mechanism is to harden your heart against that, to harden your heart against that person, to just avoid that person, avoid um, them, avoid their criticism. Um, something happens, or somebody hurts you, and that's kind of another defense mechanism. You just want to harden yourself uh, against them. Uh, or maybe even in this terrible that things of providence uh, frowned upon us in our lives. Things didn't go the way that we had hoped. We might even harden ourselves toward the Lord and say, Lord, you know, like Jacob, remember Jacob said, all these things be against me. Uh, really, he, he just was uh, in the flesh. And he, he wasn't realizing that God was 
doing things that Jacob didn't realize that was going to benefit and bless a lot more people than just him. So just think about that and, and pray for that tonight as we uh, go through this message. Lord, if my heart is hard, Lord, I want you to soften it. I want you to teach me, Lord, how to, to have a, a soft heart uh, before you because um, that, is, that is something that God loves to see, and we see that type of heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't we? He was very tender-hearted, very soft-hearted. And isn't that the way that He deals with us, beloved? He's a tender-hearted Savior, Master, Father. Uh, we read all the scriptures that speak to that. It's not that He doesn't hold us to a high standard. He does. It's not that He doesn't expect a lot of us, but it's always with that tender heart. So just really challenge yourself toward that tonight to really examine yourself and encourage yourself tonight to seek to have a soft heart. So let's read this together, especially when we come to verse 8. Uh, we want to read that one together as an assembly. Here's this great invitation uh, to worship and praise. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Here is this invitation again. O come! Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if ye will hear His voice together, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. We know that the writer of Hebrews alludes to this psalm, doesn't he? And the writer of Hebrews even says that it's David that is the author here and the same challenge that the psalmist gave to the people of his day. The writer of Hebrews, who we believe to be the Apostle Paul, also used it to encourage that generation that, was, that were dealing with such fierce persecutions. Uh, really, they were being burned on both ends of the rope. The Gentile Christ-hating world was persecuting them, and the Jewish Christ-hating world was also and there were, there were many that were uh, floundering in their faith, uh, slipping into apostasy. And so the, the, the writer of Hebrews, he alludes back to this again to encourage them. Uh, don't harden your hearts. Don't uh, uh, look for deliverance in other places besides the Lord. Trust the Lord, even when things are difficult, even when things 
are hard. So, as we said before, we cannot soften our hearts ourselves, but hallelujah, God can. I just want you to turn to the book of Job. And I always love to go to Job as an example of so many things because his experience was um, incredible, really. Who in here would want to swap places with Job? Nobody, right? Somebody said one time, Job's case was a case. And, it, and indeed it was. And it would have been very easy for Job to get hard-hearted. Don't you all agree? I mean, if you got news today that all your children had perished, all your livelihood had been stolen or, or taken uh, away, and uh, you were left uh, afflicted with this terrible skin disease that he had. Your own wife came to you and said, Oh, you're a failure. You know, I knew I shouldn't marry you. Uh, even God hates you, man. Why don't you just curse God and die? I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I'm adding a little bit to her words. But she said, Why don't you just curse God and die? Boy, it had been very easy for Job to get bitter, to get hard-hearted. But isn't it amazing when we read that it says in all these things, Job did not sin foolishly. He didn't curse God. But even in the ashes, he knelt down and worshipped the Lord. He kept his heart soft. God kept his heart soft. Well, here in Job 23, just as a beginning verse here, we read in verse 16, And prayer... And pray this prayer for yourself and for me, for all God's children. For God maketh my heart soft. Hallelujah. And the Almighty troubleth me. God maketh my heart soft. And so we have to look to the Lord for this help. We have to look to the Lord for His tenderizing grace right we we like to think sometimes that the softening of our heart would just come with uh little um rose petals or pillows around it right but probably what me and you need i've seen them tenderize you ever seen them tenderize meat before and they take that that big uh, metal cleaver with all the prongs in it just wham 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 uh, to soften that, that meat up so it, it would receive the, the uh, salt or the uh, preserving things or, or whatever it, it might be uh, being prepared for. Probably uh, a lot of times that's the way that we need our hearts softened. But, but the Lord knows. The Lord knows exactly how to soften every one of our hearts. And each one of us is different and He'll do exactly what needs to be done with each of us hallelujah but the warning here is in our verse verse 8 the challenge here is he says harden not your heart so what that means is is that you and i have this ability and it's actually actually a natural inclination isn't it it's a part of our depravity it would seem that there's really hard-heartedness is threefold first it's natural like we said, that stems from uh, a nature that is, is totally depraved. And we know what hardens the heart. It's sin, isn't it? Sin hardens 
our hearts. It, but it's not only just something that uh, is natural. We're just kind of born with that inclination, that tendency toward hard-heartedness. And, and you see that. You can look at that in your own life. You can see that uh, in the lives of others uh, that, you, that you deal with. But then there is also the habitual hardness of heart that comes from our, our continuing in sin. When it, some, of, uh, some of you attended the Grace Chapel meeting, but I think maybe I was the only one there, I think, from our church on the Saturday night. Oh, Mary Reese was there, too, with me. And uh, Brother Timothy was preaching about King David when he fell into sin and how that it just landslided on him. You know, first, it, pretty innocent, right? He just doesn't do his duty as a king and go off to war, right? It was time of the kings to go off to war. Scripture says David didn't go. Figured Rest on his laurels. I've done enough, right? I don't need to read my Bible today. I don't need to pray today. I did that yesterday. I don't need to go to church Wednesday night. I, I went last Wednesday night or all these things, right? Oh, the, the beginnings of, of the hardening of the heart. Then he's up on the rooftop and he looks at a woman. Instead of turning his eyes away, he focuses in. Then more awful, he sends for her, find out, She's somebody else's. Takes her anyway. Finds she's with child. Tries to hide it. Tries to deceive. Tries to pull the wool over your eyes. Eyes. Tries, uh, and then he then he actually commissions the death of one of his mighty men. Right? Oh, it's just awful, isn't it? How that David, even the man after God's own heart, the maybe even the author of this psalm he knows what he's talking about so easy to slip into that because it's like we said it's a natural inclination to us but then it's something that that uh just like we said snowballs or avalanches as if we continue in sin it it brings that hardness uh, you know you just think about when you were first born again some of the things, uh, how gross sin was to you, how much that you hated it, or, and then how easy it is to just get comfortable in sin. That, that stems from a hardness of, of heart. And then there's the judicial hardness in there that's mentioned in the Scriptures that God gave them over to a reprobate heart. God just left, leaves uh, the non-elect in that hard-hearted condition may we pray god's uh wonderful grace has spared us from that lord please never leave me lord please never leave me to myself or to my my hardening of my heart but lord uh, do whatever that it takes to keep my heart tender toward you god help me never to harden harden my heart well, what does this look like, beloved? I think that it really describes it for us in Psalm 95. If you're a soft-hearted Christian tonight, this is point number one, we see that soft-hearted Christians listen to the Lord's voice. Soft-hearted Christians 
listen to the Lord's voice. What did he say in verse 7 before the admonition is don't harden your heart or harden not your heart? Today, if you will what? Y'all say it out loud to me. Today, if you will, hear what? Hear whose voice? Hear his voice, right? Now, Jesus said, I'm, I'm the shepherd, right? My sheep, they hear my voice. I know them and they what? They follow me. That means that, that, that they're hearing that. Their hearts are tender toward the shepherd's voice. So one of the main ways that you're going to be able to main, maintain a soft heart is to listen to the voice of the Savior. To listen to that Prince of Peace. To listen to that one who is meek and lowly of heart. I love what it says in Ezekiel. Let's go there. The book of Ezekiel. Chapter 11. I don't know if you've ever just been around somebody that's hard-hearted all the time. You know, it's even it's hard to maintain a relationship with them. It's hard to enjoy being around them uh, because... Um, they're like sand, their hearts like they're like sandpaper. They're, every time you rub up against them, you know, uh, it's it's causing an abrasion, almost. And so, we would all be that way if it wasn't for the kindness of the Lord uh, towards us. But listen to what He says that He will do for us if we come to Him, if we listen to His voice. He says, verse nineteen of Ezekiel eleven. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. Rejoice in this tonight, beloved. I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. For a Lord that can operate on the broken heart, the Lord that can remove a stony heart um, and put in this soft heart, this heart of flesh. Oh, that we would tune in to the Lord's voice, that our hearts would not be hardened. Oh, do you love tonight to hear the Beloved speak? Do you love to hear Him speak in His Word to you? Do you love to hear His Gospel proclaimed in your ears? And do you receive it in your hearts? And even do you love His commands to you? You love His voice. Oh, the voice of my beloved spake, the writer would say. Well, what is he saying? What is he saying? Most often when uh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing this uh, program, it's, a, it's a, really a wonderful program at our school this year that we're doing. It's called Two Words, and it's, it's designed to help build virtues in uh, students and athletes and teachers. It's called two words. Of course, words themselves have no power unless they're embraced and fleshed out uh, in our lives. Even the Word of God, as powerful as it is, with all the words, the wonderful words that are in here, unless it's believed, unless it's obeyed, it has no power, usefulness in our lives. Where well, our beloved is speaking to us through through this. This is... Being in this book is a great way to keep the heart soft. But I think about what two words 
would be powerful to, to hear from the Master tonight. What's keeping your heart hard or where are the hard parts of your heart? He's probably saying, let go. Let go, right? This is where we keep our heart hard. We hold on to bad feelings. We hold on to bitternesses. We hold on to disappointments. We hold on to anger. We hold on to fear. Will you tonight soften your heart before the meek and lowly one and say, Lord, I hear your voice. Lord, I've been holding on to that. Help me to let it go. Soften my heart, Lord. Help me, help me to just let that go. Maybe tonight he's saying, be kind. Two powerful words. Be kinder in, in your words. What does the Bible tell us? A soft answer turneth away wrath. It's the soft tongue that even breaketh the bone. May the Lord bless you and I to love to hear the beloved speak. May we be soft-hearted Christians who love to listen to the Lord's voice. He said today, not tomorrow. Not, oh, when um, I've kind of uh, finally, uh, you know, reach the point that I want to know right now today is the day to have the hearts off and to hear the voice today hear his voice secondly soft-hearted Christians stay humble through worship soft-hearted Christians stay humble through worship the Bible says that Jesus heals the brokenhearted we have that song we'll sing it at the end oh how sweet is that sound to me Soft-hearted Christians stay humble through worship. Do you see that? Uh, this Remember we preached Sunday morning about a God who says come, right? Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. Come and dine. Uh, I forgot to mention one of my favorites there. He At the end in the white throne judgment. Come, ye blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Here we are invited in this psalm, those who would be soft-hearted, come, come, kneel before Him, bow before Him, be in worship before Him, you'll get a soft heart. Isn't it amazing how that, sometimes I've thought about how I've come into the house of the Lord, and um, you know, you've been in the world, you've been struggling, doing all these things, and then the songs of praise begin. And uh, about, you know, through the third song, uh, you just, you feel that. You feel that tenderizing of the Lord, of, of your soul in worship. Verse 1 and 2, he says, sing to the Lord. That softens your heart. Make a joyful noise. Be thankful unto Him. Thank, begin to, when you feel your heart getting hard, Start thanking the Lord for what you do have. Isn't that what happened to that generation in the wilderness? The, we've we've, we've uh, preached through that just recently. Uh, the waters, uh, they complained. He said, you, you're not going to feed us. You're not, you're not going to give us anything to drink. You've just brought us out here to die. It would have been better if we just died in Egypt. And they were longing for all those things, right? Instead of being thankful. And and waiting, and trusting the Lord that God is going to provide 
for whatever that I need. And God did and God will. Worship melts the heart. Amen. Have you ever felt that in worship? Uh, some of the songs, uh, oh, there was a song that came on a while back. And I just found myself just in total tears. Uh, how the Lord just, just brought it home to me. And just, just used it to just soften my heart. It, it really, um, it really um, cushions our sorrows. Uh, worship does. Uh, these, these actions that are taking us singing being joyful, uh, having a heart of thanksgiving, just this continual coming uh, to the Lord Himself. It makes me think also of Acts 9, if you would turn there. Uh, I think this is, this is uh, very poignant as well. Acts chapter 9. Uh, Saul was a hard-hearted man, wasn't he, Brother Kevin? I remember Granddaddy always said he was like Saul was like a mad dog, always with his you know mouth foaming, just rabid, wanting to stomp out the name of Jesus, kill Christians. He was the, the Bible says he was breathing out threatenings against the church. He held the coats of those that stoned Stephen, probably yelling, you know, hit him in the head, uh, uh, crush him. Here we find him on the road to Damascus, right? And what a wonderful scene. Just remind ourselves of this. And maybe when you see people out there that are in this condition, whose heart is so hard, remember what God did here to this one. And is he just the same today? Yes, he's just the same today. And pray, Lord, soften their heart. It says, as he journeyed, verse 3 of chapter 9, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Well, here I see Paul as this piece of meat, like we said. And God says, you know what? I'm going to tender you up. And he takes that mallet, boom, hits Saul right between the heart, right between the eyes, even blinds him, right? He's, he's, he's blinded. And we see the beginning of the softening of Saul, the beginning of him turning to Paul. And he cries out and he says, Lord, Lord, the beginning of worship, Lord, who art thou? He said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Oh, what a wonderful scene of God beginning to soften the heart of someone whose heart was so incredibly had such a strong veneer over it. But we find him soon. It says in that passage that soon he was proclaiming the wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to everyone who would hear. Oh, may it be so for us. May we, if you're not, if you don't 
feel your heart humbled, if you don't feel your heart softened through worship, beloved, maybe you're not doing it right. And maybe that that's something that you could really pray uh, for as you approach the worship of the Lord. Well, thirdly, thirdly, beloved, soft-hearted Christians understand that they are sheep. Soft-hearted Christians understand that they're sheep. Sister Gigi, you ever been attacked by a sheep? Sister Tammy, you ever been attacked by a sheep? Larissa, sheep attack? No, not recently, right? Right, why? Because sheep are gentle and mild by nature. I had never seen a sheep sheared. Try to say that five times, right? But uh, some of our some of our friends that I taught in our Christian school in Georgia, they own sheep, and they invited us one time to see the sheep get sheared. Well, it was amazing to see them put that sheep up in these shackles, uh, hold them up like that, and then the person come in there with the big shears. You remember Rebecca? Did you go with us? had this going all over him, even making like you could see blood, like where he got too close and would cut him. And you know the sheep would never make a peep. You remember what it said about our Lord? That a sheep before his shears was dumb, so opened he not his mouth. We need to remember the nature that God described that we're to have as his People, sheep are gentle and quiet by nature. I love Psalm 100. Uh, just turn uh, a couple of psalms over. Uh, we love this this hymn, and it says in verse three. I mean, this psalm. Know ye not that the Lord He is God? It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and what? And the sheep. Of his pasture. Sheep are gentle, quiet. Uh, Jesus would say, or the, the, the scriptures would say about, about women that with God, that meek and quiet spirit is with God of what? Of highest price. Of highest price. What about that command that we are to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as what as harmless as doves right as harmless as doves that's to be people that can give a soft answer that turns away wrath people that have a soft tongue that can even break the bone it says i i don't know if you've ever been around somebody that's like that that is just so kind in their nature, so gentle in their nature that it almost disarms you, right? Brother Rob, those, those of us that kind of grew up around Brother Robert Scott, y'all remember Brother Robert Scott? He was, he was that way as a man even. Just, I mean, he just had that gentleness about him. Uh, any of you that have been around uh, Brother Andrew Huffman's wife, you know, she's that way to me as a, as a sister. It just disarms me with her grace, with her gentility, with uh, the, the, the kindness of her actions and words and, and hearts. You know, beloved, 
God says for fathers not to provoke their children to wrath, right? And God says here, harden not your heart as in the provocation. This this thought of 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 provoking, you know. Uh, you ever been guilty of that? You know, I think we all have, right? Of tried to uh, provoke something or provoke someone. Well, there is actually a right way to provoke, right? And I, I would to God that you would provoke me and that I would provoke you toward soft-heartedness. And I was thinking of that verse in Hebrews chapter 10. You don't have to turn there, but just let me read it uh, to you. And speaking of provoking, he said, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And so that's kind of the encouraging part of the message tonight. That's what we're trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to use the Word of God to provoke you to want to have a soft heart, to provoke myself to want to have that soft heart, not a hard heart that prevents me from rest, that uh, grieves the heart of God, right? Hard-heartedness is to be avoided. Lastly, fourthly, soft-hearted Christians must not grieve the Holy Spirit. Soft-hearted Christians must not grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, how terrible it is to rebel against our own mercies, right? Uh, here in verse 10 of Psalm 95, the Lord says that 40 years long, that's a long time, was I what? I was grieved. I was grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. The soft-hearted Christians, they don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. They want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's uh, put our eyes upon that admonition there. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, I believe it's verse 30. Yes. Here the Apostle Paul, he, he uses that same language here. Let's, let's go back up to verse 29 because it, it, it speaks to the way that we ought to be. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Here's verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. But let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another. And there's our word. Tender-hearted. Soft-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Oh, doesn't the word of God bring power into our lives and to our minds. Maybe tonight we would just pray, Lord, forgive me for every time I've been hard-hearted. Lord, soften my heart. Tender 
my heart. Lord, make me a big old teddy bear by your grace. Right? A place where, that our hearts will be a place where others could come and have a soft place to fall. A soft heart is unlikely to err. A soft heart is unlikely to prevent an entering into rest or knowing the ways of God. But it's in hard-heartedness that we say, Lord, I know this is your way, but I want to do it my way. I know your word says this, but it doesn't really work out for me at this moment right now or it doesn't fit my personality there comes the hardness of heart that's where you know we need a big old hazard warning stop sign repent turn away from that right because god said these people god had done so much for them right and he's done so much for us and it aggravates it, it aggravates the crime when the people who are committing the crime have no reason to commit the crime. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? If, 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 there's, if there's a hungry homeless person and he steals a loaf of bread, we're not going to judge him so harshly, right? Because we understand. But a person that had his cupboard full that could have a five-course meal out of his refrigerator or freezer, if he goes and, and robs the Kroger, we're going to be like, man, what's going on, man? Why are, you, why are you trying to rob all this food when you, you've got everything that your heart could wish for? Well, that's what, that's what God is saying about these, these people. Why is your heart so hard? When I've done everything that anyone could possibly need in their life and soul for it to be soft. But he's saying what you're, choo you're choosing to forsake that mercy. And you want the hardness of heart over entering into my rest and following my ways and listening to my voice. So question for you and for me tonight do we have a soft heart well I know that every one of you that have been born again by the Holy Spirit you've been given a soft heart I know the devil hates that soft heart I know that your old man hates that soft heart because it keeps him from getting things the way that he wants devil wants you and I to grieve the Holy Spirit. But let us pray to the Lord. Lord, help me to be like Job. Help me to be like Jesus. Lord, give me a soft heart. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer. Let's stand together.